intrigue, inquiries, insights. This is Poddam. Welcome to Poddam, a reservoir of relevant insights. I'm the one they call Papa Beaver. I'm your average everyday citizen doing his best to navigate today's society where extremes are the norm, feelings trump facts, and tribalism tries to ruin us all. Pod Dam seeks to find the answers to some of life's greatest mysteries, from political theories from an everyman's perspective to emerging psychic phenomena, world hegemony, and if Elvis is working the check-in counter at Denver International Airport, we're here to guide you on this river of truth with open minds, a search for balance, and a little humor. On our last voyage, we were discussing the media and how it shapes our thoughts on the world around us and how to weed out fact from fiction when every outlet is pushing an agenda of the rich and powerful. Tonight, we'll be looking into social media and its role in disseminating information. More specifically, we'll be discussing the Twitter files that have been released since Elon Musk's acquisition of the site and how free speech is protected and abused online. As always, I'm joined by my fellow tour guides, Victor Tiffany and Michael Johnson. But before we begin, Victor, I understand you have some uh, updates uh, that you want to present from our last episode. Yeah, I referenced last week, people use social media should go through and highly recommend going through MediaWise, just one word, MediaWise, W-I-S-E, and it's very short, seven lessons they give. One thing they don't mention is... uh, if, if you are doubting a, uh, a quote or something you want to disprove, try going to the source, the original source. That's that's how I found out that actress had won three Emmys. I went to the Emmy, the, the uh, official Emmy site, and realized that she had had three Emmys, not two as I previously believed. So the truth changed in that morning. And the other uh, thing we did last week was recommend media sources. Um, I recommended Breaking Points, although I, I suggested that Sagar Ajedi uh, is viewed as a neocon, coming as he is from the Hudson Institute, and gets that criticism from the, from the populist right, although he could have changed. Anybody can become a populist at some stage when they, the light comes on they realize just how effed up the, uh, the uh, control of, of, of our society is by the rich and powerful. And also had uh, co-host Crystal Ball, and since I recommended that show last week, I found out or recommended, you know, Breaking Points is the name of the podcast. It turns out that she said something once that was flat out false. I asked her to uh, address this on Twitter. She never got back to me. During the uh, force the vote issue, when the progressives had leverage in the House when they were voting for Nancy Pelosi. As Speaker of the House, they could have held her feet to the fire. They could have demanded. They, they, just as the Freedom Caucus has been made demands in order to uh, vote for the guy who wanted to become the Speaker, they could have done that with um, Nancy Pelosi. They could have forced a vote on Medicare for All. That was the force the vote uh, movement. And boss saying at some point, oh, the, the squad, the, the, the progressive squad, had other tactics. I asked her on Twitter, what, what, other tactic, what other tactics? I mean, I don't assume just because she has a different version of the truth than no, they didn't. They just uh, caved. They just surrendered, surrendered to the elite, and they gave her her vote without any pushback at all. That's what I believe happened. Uh, but, you know, I let Ball know, you, maybe she has a different version of truth. Maybe she knows something I don't know, or, or her critics don't know. But she never got back to me. So now I'm looking for a either bi-ideological or multi-ideological source of news, because I think that's important to try to hear from people from two different ideological viewpoints. So if you have a podcast like that that you're listening to and you find them reliable information-wise, Send that to poddamnfeedback at gmail. That's poddam, all one word, poddamnfeedback at gmail.com. I can only listen to so many podcasts out there, and I'm sure there's a better one than Breaking Points. As I said, I confronted Ball about this on Twitter. It's a useful tool, but as we're going to cover tonight, like all social media, it has become, and this is scary and important, an arm of the government, an increasingly fascist government as we will slowly build our understanding of the relationship between government corporations 
and these the social media platforms. So hear us out and you decide. Michael, why don't you talk about the uh, first Twitter files? Well, there were uh, 14 Twitter files uh, total um, as far as I'm up to date. And the first one was released by Matt Taibbi. And it was on Twitter censorship. Yeah, now, what it really focused in on um, is its first release was the laptop of Hunter Biden uh, and, and the story that was released by the New York Post. It was branded as Russian propaganda and having no basis in fact um, uh, other than a Russian rumor. Um, this, of course, turned out to be false later on. However, uh, Twitter was successful in suppressing the story. They uh, labeled it as either Russian disinformation or um, hacked information. They suppressed the information and, and blocked tweets based on the fact that it was considered hacked information. Um, that the, the, there was Russian hacking involved just as an excuse to not release a true story. Of course, the whole thing ended up being true and is now being um, investigated by Congress and, and we'll, we'll be hearing more and more about it. But, but the whole thing, uh, it, it covered up uh, Hunter Biden's um, uh, fraudulent dealings with uh, Ukraine where he was getting something to the tune of 80 grand a month just to be on their company's um, docket as, as one of their attorneys. He didn't have to do anything for that other than be a Biden. And that created a good relationship between the oligarchs of that company. It was an energy company over in um, Ukraine whose name escapes me. Um, Burissa. Burissa, that's right. And uh, they, 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 just, they just wanted to cover it up and uh, make everything look good and, and make the, the Bidens look handsome so uh, Joe Biden could get elected. And by suppressing this story they were able to successfully get Joe Biden elected. It might have been the tipping point that actually caused it. So that, that, that's a down, little bit of a down low on that story. And um, the, those are my thoughts on it. It, it, it was a shame that the, the public was deceived and none of the neoliberal uh, establishments even covered this story. Michael, can you, uh, uh, can you, can you uh, ex explain a little bit more uh, about you know, since it wasn't something that was covered, I'm sure a lot a lot of people are not very well, very much familiar uh, with the whole laptop oh, thing. Okay. So, can you explain a little bit more about like uh, you know, other than his you know business dealings? I mean, that's kind of uh, business as usual in a corrupt system. What exactly was so wrong about this laptop? What did it have on it that was so? It it, it had uh, some sexual poses that were embarrassing. It had. Uh... Images of of uh, Hunter Biden using drugs, um, if I rem remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure looking at the pipes that I saw in his mouth that that uh, I was seeing what I was seeing. It had emails uh, back and forth uh, where there there was talk about uh, the big guy getting uh, substantial cuts from this company, and the big guy most likely referring to. Uh, Joe Biden. Um, I, I, I think that uh, there was even a nickname for for uh, Joe Biden by his son, which was Pedo Joe, uh, referring to uh, a lot of the physically inappropriate uh, in engagements Hunter Bi uh, Joe Biden had with uh, minors, where he would cross the line and grabbing them in in ways that were a little bit too intimate. Um, minors and adults um but mainly it was it was a, it was a jab at uh him being inappropriate with minors grabbing them on the shoulders in ways that were uh, a little bit too long and, and uh creepy um it happened from hunter biden leaving his computer his laptop off for data recovery at a delaware uh data recovery shop and uh the contents were recovered on that laptop, but uh, Hunter Biden never picked them up, so the owner of the shop turned them over to the FBI. And 
the originals are still in that laptop. He made a copy of that hard drive. Right. And turned it in. Right. So um, I, I think I've given my opinion on that. Uh, it's certainly corrupt. What are, what are your opinions on it, um, Victor? Well, if, if there's a guilty, anything that's really terrible that I'm aware of, besides the semi-pornographic images and possibly smoking crack, who knows what, what he was doing there with those pipes, it was influence peddling. And so I have two, two points on this. One is going to be probably disappointing. But this was part of a, this was just a piece, a small piece of a much broader consensus in the, I'm going to say liberal media, the broad media outside of MAGA media uh, that was expressed in a uh, interview on a podcast with Sam Harris. He's a, an American writer and atheist. And who, he, Harris talked about how it, it wasn't even a conspiracy, nothing hidden about this. It was out in the open. It was overt. The, the mass media. And, and no doubt people, the liberals who worked on Twitter, at Twitter, all wanted, it was all about stopping Trump. So anything that might have gotten in that way had to be stopped. Freedom of the press be damned. Freedom of speech be damned. Guilt of influence peddling, for example, be damned. It didn't matter. It didn't matter how bad Biden was even though Trump is, in many ways, closer to Sam Harris's politics than Biden on war and peace, on, on trade and, and other things. It just, it was this hatred for what Trump represented or Trump himself. Uh, so it, so there's that. And then, and then, so this is perhaps a disappointing part. Um, what I understand, and of course, Congress is going to be looking into this, and we'll get more information. For what I'm able to pull out of this, the big guy, Biden, never really did anything illegal. He had a there was a meeting set up in his office, but there was never any evidence. And, and this may come out, but so far, the contents of that laptop hard drive, from a perspective of taking down or defeating Biden in an election, was a nothing burner. I, I just don't think there's much there. And again, in the coming months and years, we'll find out if that's true i would just say um you know if if it's true that he had uh again everything here is alleged it's all hearsay at this point um nothing's been proven um in a court of law or anything um if it's true though that that uh biden had uh joe biden that is has been um inappropriate with uh underage individuals that is a problem i agree though victor then that there's nothing real you know there's nothing that he did nothing showing there anything any that he did anything you know wrong politically so in that respect i would agree and in general though i do just feel it's kind of like you know the guy's a little crazy but um it's not um it's it's kind of nothing but at the same time it's like it does it does paint a little more of a picture as to what what went on the bigger issue though is the whole idea of you know Again, anything to stop Donald Trump from from getting elected. That's that's I agree with you 100. percent That's just wrong. It does make me wonder though what happened to the guy at the data recovery center because you're not really supposed to be uh, you know you're not supposed to be making copies of, of clients' uh, machines and stuff. And uh, now obviously yes, if you find if you find illegal stuff on there, you find you know um, plans to 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 blow something up or you find uh, you know. Uh, child sexual abuse material or something. Yes, you have to turn that over. Uh, but just in general, like you're really not supposed to be, uh, you know, copying the files of uh, of one of your of one of your clients. I imagine that's, that's not how data recovery works. Find out. What's that, Victor? Yeah, that, that, that's ahead, that's not how data that's not how data recovery works. When you do data recovery, you actually do make a copy of the drive. That that's standard procedure. And the copy is yours to work with before you release it back to the individual who owns it. Okay. Uh, Maybe he, I'm thinking more along the lines it. of like a Geek Squad or, or, or an Apple Care kind of thing where you go in for a screen repair. They're not supposed to be snooping around. No, but if you're doing data recovery, then you are you, you have permission to do okay. that. And he would have signed his rights away for that. So Okay, that, um, makes, that makes a little more sense. We, we, My we apologies. We can go on to the next segment, <laughs> but... but uh, 
what, what what the data recovery specialist did was nothing out of the ordinary. It was uh, he found information that he thought was I- illegal. He released it to the FBI. There was a story there. It may not have been illegal. It could be a nothing burger. But it was embarrassing material, which is why it was covered up. And, and that's the issue there is there was censorship by Twitter, not because it was necessarily illegal, but because it was embarrassing. Yeah. And that's where the crime is, is uh, the censorship that occurred to cover up an embarrassing story, which could have cost Biden the election. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I agree with that. That so, yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> so the, moving on to the next, uh, well, next I'll one, I'll let you cover that. One more thing before oh. we go and get to the Twitter files, too. Uh, what's going on with this guy now? I bet you we could find out. It should be easy enough to see if he's still working there or still in business doing that sort of thing. Might be a fun little project to uh, explore before we come on next week. Because Lord knows people okay. are trying to make his life hell. I would not be surprised. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, I just want to see what he's, you know, yeah. still. <laughs> but his yeah. life was hell for a while. His life was hell for a while. I, I, I saw an interview on Fox. Twitter files, too, uh, outline the existence of shadow banning or and banning generally who the big uh most of this news is coming from the right because the big story that's coming out of these things is that they're shadow banning or banning people like libs of TikTok, right 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 wingers um dan bongino and and charlie charlie kirk right wingers were banned from the website which was you know, obviously ideologically motivated and, and, and a problem. But I question whether um, they're actually getting the full story. That is uh, Weiss and, and Taibi, because they don't know what was on the Slack files originally. Maybe there were things removed from those, or and emails that were deleted before Taibi and Weiss et al. had a chance to look at these files and emails and, and determine what they want to report on because banning and shadow banning was experienced by people on the left and the right. This wasn't ideological. This was my insight in this because I, I had pretty sure I was being shadow And I had a friend who was certainly banned for calling Senator Warren a liar back when she was lying about something Bernie Sanders had done and said. So Weiss and Taibi really reported only on what they were allowed to see, right? We just don't know if that was if that is the true story, the whole story. The uh, CEO at the time, Jack Dorsey, testified to Congress under oath in 2018 that Twitter did not censor or shadow ban conservatives. And my, my only question about that was is was that a lie? Did he know that this was underway and, and being done? Or was he kept in the dark? Was this being done behind his back? In which case, he was mistaken. I, I just reiterating that distinction between lying and, and making a mistake. Michael, do you have any insights? Well, one thing that uh, I thought was interesting is the concept of visibility ranking, which I had not heard of before, which is that... that um, that, that um, shadow banning is actually tiered. It's not um, it's not one dimensional. You can do it in levels, and the way they did it in levels is um, the 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 visibility filtering. What that is is uh, your response can be shoved down, and, and you might have noticed on Twitter you'll see something which says this response. May, these responses may be offensive, and I've noticed by clicking on those in political um, dialogues that some of them, there really isn't any reason for them to be shoved down other than that they're politically firecrackers. So, so my my take on that is that they were really finding all sorts of ways to shove people, not just to out and out block them, but to weaken their voice. It's something that we've seen just as an example to help illustrate a little bit better um and, and this is outside of twitter but it, it's something that 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 uh reflects the the broader problem which is nunez has uh in his district um millions of people so he and he, he's a pretty popular guy in congress so he should have millions of followers but for some reason on youtube he only had to the tune of 
tens of thousands. Once he went on Rumble, all of a sudden, overnight, he, he popped above a million. Um, so Twitter's doing the same thing where they're downranking people who, or, or they had before Elon Musk, they were downranking people who should have a larger voice but by putting them lower in the feed, so even if you get it like, for an example, you don't have to be just pushed to the offensive responses. You can be downranked just by having your response, even though it might be getting more replies than any other, shoved down so you're you're not coming to the top of the feed, even though you're getting enough replies. Um and, and it's just a shame because it, what what that does is it prevents it prevents it prevents an open forum, which is what we would want in a free speech environment, which Twitter initially started as, and then became politicized by woke culture, and, and no longer is. And and hope hopefully Elon Musk will be able to make some changes, um, just by pulling back all that. Um, bureaucracy that was uh, engaging in that. This is going to cover Twitter files three through five. The first one was released by uh, Matt Taibbi and uh, they all cover the same basic fact which is Trump's suspension from Twitter. Uh, Matt Taibbi in in, in Twitter files number three uh, said that the suspension was for, uh, it, it came out that the suspension was for his praising of protesters and for boycotting the inauguration. And um, my opinion on that is those are kind of innocuous. So so what that he's praising protesters? Um, people are allowed to protest. So praising protesters in and of itself and boycotting inauguration shouldn't be enough for suspension. But it was, it was allowed to be grounds for him being suspended. Uh, Twitter Files number four was released by Michael Schellenberger. And um, that had to do with Yoel Roth's uh, engagement in, in the process. Now, Yoel Roth, he is the uh, former head of trust and safety at Twitter. Uh, he is no longer in that role. He has been fired. He blacklisted the terms. In other words, anybody who used these terms with a hashtag, um, they were shadow banned. And that was Stop the Steal and Kraken. Um, now, for those of you who might not know, Stop the Steal refers to Trump believing that the election was stolen and that there was a lot of fraud. Uh, so anything that, that uh, showed that there was fraud, I'm not saying that Trump won the election, but anything showing that there was fraud news, this hashtag, uh, that was shadow banned. And then Kraken was the term used uh, to describe the level of severity um that this uh, election fraud uh, rose to. You, you know the croc and the big croc and that rises out of the sea. So uh, there's Yul Roth's engagement of the blacklisting, and then uh, Twitter file number five was released by Barry Weiss, and that was uh, Dorsey, former CEO of Twitter, and Vijaya Gad, their role in the suspension. And they were claiming that the tweets uh, by Trump protesting, uh, supporting the protesters and uh, boycotting the arc, uh, the inauguration were dog whistles. In other words, they were basically saying the um, insurrection was okay. So those were used as excuses to, uh, to block Trump altogether. What are your thoughts on... on um, uh, on these, uh, I, I know it's a lot, but what are your thoughts on these uh, particular Twitter files, um, Victor? Well, I'm going to go to what Vijaya Gade said. It was uh, Vijaya Gade's term for uh, deciding that Trump's tweets were, uh, quote, coded incitement to further violence, end quote. That's that's the phrase that the what you call dog whistle. Um, it just strikes me that it's very subjective kind of thing there and you sort of alluded to this and um, <clears throat> and you've also asked the same question I'm going to be asking and we'll, and we'll come and we'll loop back around to this at the end but will the new Twitter Musk's Twitter 
make these rules clear and transparent? Well, how do we know, you know, what we could say without being banned or shadow banned? I, I it just that, that this isn't clear to me. He, it's like he needs to sit down and do a lengthy press conference so people can find out what's allowed, and what's not allowed. He s says if it's not illegal, you can, you can uh, say it on Twitter. But then he's <laughs> he's already banned people who were uh, doxing him or his family and and. Uh, and other reporters reporting on that, and then he's also keeping the band of uh, the uh, right Alex Jones. He's he's still banned, and so I, I I don't know if Twitter is still this free speech platform Musk would like to make it out to be. At any rate, I would think in some I would think in some respects that he's probably uh, he kind of came into it just like all right something needs to change. And so he just, you know, did what he could to try to, you know, to right the ship, so to speak. And so, you know, some some things haven't been done yet. Some things that shouldn't have been done were. So I'm willing to cut him a little bit of slack um, in that regard. We'll just kind of have to wait and see how it goes. Um, some people are... he has an awful lot on his plate because he's the CEO of what four or five companies now. Yeah, think about it. He's he's coming in. Yeah. He's yeah. He's coming into this. You know. In a in kind of a what in a way it's like you know it's tree he's kind of triaging the whole thing, it and it's like you know certain things are going to happen that some people don't like in the beginning, etc. etc. And so like you know, of course everyone wants to jump down, jump down everyone's throat. Oh, you didn't do it perfectly, um, but like for God's sake, people give him give him a little bit of time. Um, there's people that are like, oh, he did this. Um, that's bad, and then there's, and, you know, he's, you know, he's done for, and then there's other people on the other side that are like, he didn't do this, and he's, uh, and he's done for, and it's like, we're recording this at the end of January 2023, when did he take over, in November of 22? You know, like, for, um, you know, give him, give him some time, my god. Rome wasn't right. built in the day. Town, he's, gonna, he's gonna be replaced eventually by someone, because he took a gas, you know, he had a vote on it, and the users said no. <laughs> I'm sure he like will probably else. appoint someone else at some point. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just like you know you gotta. He's kind of he kind of jumped in just to you know complete you know he kind of if you think about it, we were kind of headed off the edge of a cliff or whatever in order to uh, you know with with the way that this was going. Um, and he kind of jumped, you know, jumped into and and cut it off at the pass to try to, you know, to try to get things back on track. So things are gonna things are gonna happen that people aren't gonna like. Things are gonna happen that people do like. Um, I'm willing to give someone a little more than a couple of months to fix something this inherently uh, corrupt. <laughs> Speaking of fixing something, let's talk about Twitter files number six. This one, I think, is where it really starts getting important and and serious. Yeah. And any media that's not covering. This, this aspect of it should never be listened to at all, ever, because they're covering something. They're hiding information that's really important. This is where it's relevant to anybody, whether you use Twitter or not. This Twitter File 6 put a spotlight on the relationship between the FBI and Twitter. Um, yep. And basically, the FBI was decided to, was allowed to decide what, what was allowed, right? Well, what to censor? Who to censor? Who who to uh, ban? It it was it's very frightening if you think about it. The FBI can't do that on their own, right? Because they're out, they're part of the government, and, and we're we have uh, the First Amendment that protects our speech. But just as we mentioned, talked about last week, we're not going to invite Nazis on this platform to discuss their ideology. Twitter and every other private company out there also has that same flexibility. They don't have to practice freedom of speech. It's only that it keeps the government from limiting speech. But what the FBI does is it uses these private corporations, these social media corporations, to censor speech on their behalf. It's, it's a deeply integrated relationship now. The left has known this for quite a long time, that you, Twitter can't claim, well, we're not part of the government, so we can censor speech because they are part of the government. They have become an arm of the government through this FBI uh, in a relationship. Let me just um, give the FBI's uh, response to this criticism because it's um, 
kind of uh, eye-opening Telling. in itself. Uh, the spokesperson for the FBI told Fox News Digital, the quote, the FBI regularly engages with the private sector entities to provide information specific to identified foreign malign influence actors, subversive, undeclared, covert, or criminal activities. Private sector entities independently make decisions about what, if any, action to take on their platforms and for their customers after the FBI has notified them. The um, National Security or the national security state, or what I call world hegemonic elites. And, and I need to just quickly cover that word because it's not one that's used a lot. A lot of people on the left refer to the American empire, which is not exactly the right word. Hegemony refers to just domination, right? The United States was, is the dominant power in the world. So these people, around the world hegemony elites or the national security state in both major parties understand that private social media corporations can censor dissent in a manner that they're not allowed to and therefore social media has become an arm of the state's speech slash mind control censorship and so forth the fbi's contact with twitter regarding users that would get banned or censored for their tweets really made uh, raise flags about uh, potential First Amendment violations. And, of course, this isn't just Twitter. This is all social media platforms. But how to address this? I mean, this is something we can talk about going on. Hopefully not this particular platform and do some, uh, some fixes here. But, but it, like I said, it's just it's every social media platform that is an extension of the government, the FBI, the CIA, and so forth. Michael? Well, yeah, the FBI's request for blacklisting, it it, uh, it reached nefarious levels, um, in ridiculous levels, actually. Obnoxious. Uh, they went after satire. Uh, one person posted, um, Republicans, be sure and vote Tuesday. Democrats, you vote Wednesday. <laughs> and obviously it's a joke tweet. Anybody with, with, with half a brain knows that, that you don't vote on Wednesday, you vote on Tuesday, which is when Election Day has always been. But, but that tweet, the, the FBI thought it, it was serious enough to, um, to prohibit that, that, uh, that that satir- satirical tweet. So, uh, I, I don't want the FBI telling Twitter what they can and cannot do. And, and that Fox piece is telling. We don't tell them what to do. We just tell them to do it. That's really what 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 the FBI is saying. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're just going to tell you what to do, and not tell you that we're telling you what to do. That's that's what that really comes down to. Um. That, that's all I have to say on that. Um, I, I think you covered it really well, Victor. The, the next one was uh, the next Twitter file, number seven, was released by Michael Schellenberger, and it covered scale, which is Twitter's safety, content, and law enforcement reports. Now, be, because uh, Twitter was willing to work with the FBI, it received as a reimbursement. We almost got to cover this is the same issue. $3.5 million as reimbursement for processing requests. $3.5 million. Let that sink in. In other words, the FBI is basically bribing Twitter to process its requests. And Twitter, by accepting the money, is basically saying... Yes, FBI, we are going to ban, we're going to shadow ban, we're going to blacklist whoever you tell us to shadow ban and blacklist and visibility rank. This is, I, I think you're mistaken about that. Uh, we don't disagree very often, but this is, uh, this reimbursement is uh, written in the law. And this $3.4, $3.5 million was billed by Twitter for, the, for this work. So this is, I had no problem with this at all. I don't think of it as a bribe. It's just, you know, the, 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 it's eating up people's time at Twitter dealing with this crap. So it, they have every right to uh, demand uh, payment 
for these th this work that the, uh, the FBI is, is essentially imposing upon them. So that 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 I didn't have a problem with. Okay. The part that I find interesting again that isn't from the uh, Twitter file itself, but FBI's response to this. Again, another quote that uh, they told Fox News. Quote, the correspondence between the FBI and Twitter shows nothing more than examples of our traditional, long-standing, and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. As evidence in the correspondence, the FBI provides critical information to the private sector in an effort to allow them to protect themselves and their customers. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I laughed out loud, too. This is the same agency that spied on Martin Luther King, tried to get him to commit suicide. I mean, this agency is discredited. So I, <laughs> these people live in a, uh, in a uh, isolation of, of, of moral supremacy, ethical uh, superiority or something. It's, it just blows my mind that they think they have any sort of uh, uh, credit w with at least the America left. I, I don't think the right has any uh, respect for them at this point either. Yeah, they've offended over. both sides pretty well by now. Yeah, yeah it's just the uh, so-called cattle that are easily corralled, the people who might actually think you vote on Wednesday, right? Remember, <laughs> remember what uh, we said about that, that there are elites who believe that the masses are so stupid that they need that their thinking and, and beliefs had to be uh, corralled by the media. And in this case, uh, they didn't want someone who's stupid to think, oh, I'm going to vote on Wednesday this year. <laughs> So they so they censored it, and it's not their duty. It's it's voting voting rights groups, voting ad, advocates. It's their job. It's private companies or private organizations' jobs to um, censor is the wrong word, but just to remind people uh, <clears throat> the right day to vote. So I'm reminded of uh, the antidote to bad speech is more speech. It's not censorship. When you see somebody. Right misinformation like that you reply no you liar you moron you ignoramus it's on Tuesday that you vote and again that's what I covered last week if you use social media and you post retweet or tweet or post or re or share a post of something that's got incorrect information in it you're gonna be thought of as a moron or an ignoramus or a liar in the way to protect yourself is to do some self-education before you get that retweet or repost or share post button. We're up to Twitter files eight and nine. Yep, um, that is uh, Lee Fang for for number eight. Um, the, this is a case of hypocrisy. Uh, CENTCOM, which is basically Department of Defense's communication uh, division, uh, had their reports whitelisted now. Just to explain what whitelisted means, it's basically the opposite of blacklisted. Basically, it, it was a green light for any propaganda that um, the Department of Defense wanted to push out. It was allowed to push out, even though uh, propaganda was not allowed by any other nation. Uh, our, our nation was allowed to engage in propaganda, good or bad, ethical or unethical. It was automatically whitelisted by... Um, Twitter and it's at the it's, insistence of, of the FBI and CIA, They're right? The ones who are pushing, yeah. And, and that's also related to uh, Taibbi's uh, Twitter file number nine, which was they Twitter was actually conducting surveillance for the FBI, the Department of Defense, the CIA, and the Department of State, actually conducting surveillance, so gathering information and then handing it over to them. Um, something that uh, y you wouldn't want a free speech network engaged in. Um, but they were. And really what, what this does is it, it, it takes the ethical check, it, it takes the, the sort of a balance of powers that exists between the private sector and the public sector away. And 
allows the government to do whatever it wants, wherever it wants, in any way that it wants, without accountability. You you talk, you mentioned the, the hypocrisy, and I want to spell that out just a little bit. So the national security state doesn't want other countries to interfere with our elections, doesn't want so, you know, Russia to feed us propaganda covering you know, the war in Ukraine or whatever, right? right. They, they banned RT. But at the same time, they want to go out there and uh, interfere with other countries' elections and uh, use the media, including Twitter, to lie, you know, flat-out lie about things like, for example, the U.S. robotic murder regime that um, that is Hellfire missiles fired from drones, right? That, that was one of the topics, I believe, was in one of the files. Right. They, the number of people killed, and, the, and then these whitelisted Twitter accounts. Oh no, was, you know that that's propaganda. The truth is, they only killed the the you know the, the targeted individuals, which is of course complete bullshit. Kind of uh, CIA's forte. So the problem is with the, the problem, as far as I can see, is that people aren't moved by hypocrisy. Yeah, it's hypocritical, but it's it's, it's worse than that. It's making I mean. Who's going to follow America's lead when we're such poor leaders? When you know we're such a bad example of what we right. want to do. do what we say, not what we do. It's just horrible. It's just I don't think we're. I don't think it's just, just not the way to get respect around the world. Twitter tile, Twitter files ten, is the White House's crackdown on COVID quote unquote misinformation. This is um, interesting because. You know, some of it is bullshit information, misinformation. There are people who were arguing, and I, I saw this on Facebook, that uh, the COVID was not a virus. It was just a, a side effect of 5G. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> right. So there, it's understandable that you want the CDC to have these this kind of utter bullshit uh, suppressed. But again, it's the it's government using social media platforms as an arm for censorship. So there's again, there's just got to be a better way. But uh, having state actors using private corporations to censor speech to censor speech is, is a fundamental violation of the First Amendment. It, it, it's just what it is. And again, the left has known this for a long time. So. In some ways, there's not much to this other than here's another example. What do you think, Michael? Well, I I think that the the Biden admin for it to be controlling the COVID narrative, especially through Twitter, we're we're not one to speak when we're not the nation that has the most successful uh, handle on on COVID. Um, I, I've read nations like India have a better handle on COVID, and they use ivermectin, which we don't use and i i think yeah i i i think that there yeah and and i i think that there are successful there there are successful strategies which uh were not financially lucrative uh to to big pharma uh i'm going to speak a little bit about one that that was suppressed and and explain it because it was explained to me in a way that made a lot of sense uh zinc is something you use to suppress viruses you you have to take it early for it to be effective uh but it suppresses viruses and what hydrochloroquine does is it allows zinc to it opens your cells up so they can accept the zinc more readily in, in in a quicker fashion so using zinc and hydrochloroquine it 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 wasn't this big bad thing it was just something that wasn't going to make a lot of money because hydrochloroquine and zinc are very cheap there was no incentive in big pharma to to have those as the uh, cures i don't think that they were the cure-all but i i think it was something to get ahead of the curb as far as um something that you could take to be healthy and to, to have a good defense against covid before it hits you just like it would be defensive against any virus so to have this information suppressed and, and demonized w- was ridiculous. I, I, I think that 
we 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 lowered our arsenal. I mean, to to just to just lower the arsenal to a good vaccine is the best strategy. And ventilators was was not a good strategy. It was a big money maker strategy. And, and it's really unfortunate that that big pharma was able to uh, work with kind of the Biden admin was sort of working in their behalf. That, that at least that's what I think. Um, unfortunate, but sound... not exactly surprising, right? They saw the same coming and said, "Oh boy, we're going to make a fortune here." Yeah, 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 yeah. Cha-ching. Never and let a never like, let a good how, crisis how we, go to waste. <laughs> right. How can we profit off this crisis? So. That, that, that's my thoughts on that. Um, the next uh, Twitter file was, uh, again, it was released by Michael Taibbi. He's, he's, he, I mean, Matt Taibbi, he released a lot of these. Uh, and, and this goes back to 2017 when Twitter launched its Russia task force for the Democrats. Um, th- this is where the FBI and, and, and uh, Team Biden were, were pushing Twitter to do everything they can with the Democrats. The DNC was, was pushing this Russia task force to find anything they could uh, to prove that Russia was interfering in the election. And the problem that they were having with Twitter is Twitter really couldn't find that much. So they kept pushing, they kept pushing, they kept pushing. And Twitter started banning these uh, Russian-seeming or, or people with opinions that really shouldn't have been banned just just because it supported the narrative that the Democrats had of uh, this major Russian uh, election interference, which didn't hold a whole lot of water. What's the, the uh, name of the, uh, of the report? The special counsel was set up. It was a big deal looking Lord? into this whole re- relationship. Mueller between Trump, huh? Mueller report. Thank you. I've I've been uh, listening to a, a narration of that, and apparently he buys, and and everyone who was involved writing this report bought hook, line, and sinker everything that came from CrowdSource, which is the company that the DNC hired to look into their servers to find out what had happened. The FBI never got their hands on this. But it sounds, and, and I bring this up because you read the Mueller, Mueller report, and it, it's it's clear if you believe what there's the, what they wrote that the Russians certainly were involved. And I know for for certain, because this was covered even before the election, that there was a spear phishing effort underway. This is pretty well known, and that's how uh, what's his name's Gmail account got uh, hacked. The, oh, shifts. Uh, no, or um, campaign manager Podesta. Oh, Podesta. Yeah, that's right. Right, because there was a lot of incriminating shit in there too. Um, so there, there was Russian interference. I don't want to minimize that. I, I think there was. I don't believe there was any collusion, and that was the whole, you know, the digging into the investigations, the collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. That didn't exist. Oh, that's right. That's right. But, but what did exist is, is the Russians were certainly. They certainly hacked Podesta's email and, and dumped it on Twitter, or uh, WikiLeaks. So this was going on, but what I got out of Twitter Files 11 was that Twitter executives, I think they found, what, a couple dozen uh, right. Russian accounts that they banned. So there just wasn't too much really coming through Twitter from Russia. That they could find. Should we go to twelve? This is one. That, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I have I'm a lot of preface. emotional. Uh, on these next three, I, I, I think we can talk somewhat about them, but um, some of it goes back and relates to, to files that have already been released. Twitter file number twelve was again released by Taibi, and it was kind of an odd one. It was called the FBI belly button, and it was concerns in Twitter that too much information was going to UL Roth. I honestly didn't find a whole lot in there that, that I think is worthy of discussion. Well, uh, it was besides the whole raw getting it was it was incriminating of Representative Adam Schiff. His office recommended suspending accounts that drew attention to his staff, including a journalist. The uh, in a supplemental, Taibbi revealed that Schiff's office quite often 
requested tweets to be taken down, including this is this is this is what gets my go, a visual parody of then candidate Biden, <laughs> which is typical campaign stuff. I mean, late night comedy. I mean, what the hell? This is true. Uh, Censorship, pure censorship uh, that they should have absolutely no business being involved in. And right, I really agree with that. Bugs goes up my ass a mile here is because uh, Schiff has been so high and mighty and righteous about Trump's abuse of power, and that's exactly what they're doing. This office is doing is abusing their power to censor political speech. Just, well, he uh, was trying too hard to make this Russian collusion story up, and and frankly, I think Kevin McCarthy did the right thing banning him from the Intel Committee. I I think that that's well deserved, and there's better people to serve on it from the left or from the Democratic Party than him, because Schiff is a a, a compulsive liar. So he's not someone I really would would trust with that level of information in the future. I think he's getting a punishment well-deserved. I think he was a leaker, too. Oh, yeah, of course. I've only read that once, so I can't conf- that's why I didn't I've read that, that many times. Any kind of certainty, but it, yeah, I believe for all of his, uh, you know, high and mighty old, you know, he, he led some of the impeachment stuff. He, he, and he just struck me as a a hypocrite, a hypocrite and an abuser of power and I just <laughs> the rest of this comes across as emotional but he just strikes me as swarmy and sleazy <laughs> Twitter files 13 with Pfizer board member flagging tweets questioning the COVID vaccine <clears throat> so this is just you know it's, it's pretty straightforward what happened the uh, Scott Got- Dr. Gottlieb former FDA commissioner and sitting board member of Pfizer uh, leaned on Twitter to crack down on tweets casting doubt about the effectiveness of, of the vaccine, including some by a former Trump administration administration official, Dr. Girard. Um, Gottlieb slammed the um, selective disclosure of, of private communications with Twitter in reaction uh, to this uh, tw- these Twitter files. And, and, and that's what I already suggested right up front, that we just don't know everything that these reporters were allowed to see. Or, we, you know, we don't know what they weren't allowed to see. So we have to be careful. But it does strike me it, with that, uh, it, you know, one thing they wanted to do, activists were trying to get uh, g- generic versions of the thing so it could be cheaper and save more people's lives. And uh, they were suppressing that speech. So it just struck me as uh, where, where the FBI actions from earlier Twitter files was an abuse of state and government power. This is more an abuse of corporate power. That's, that's what I took out of that. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was sad. It kind of relates to them controlling the narrative of, of COVID. They were also controlling the narrative of the vaccines. So... There's probably a lot of good discussions that, um, uh, unfortunately, the the Twitter file doesn't it, it can't give justice to everything that was suppressed. But um, you would want cheaper you you would want cheaper vaccines if you can, and you would want to to release those to as many people as possible. But then that that takes the money out of it, and unfortunately. These people, they convince themselves in their hypocrisy that they're well-meaning when they're not because the dollar, the almighty dollar and the the prestige are more important than actually the bottom line of saving lives. Now, the the last Twitter file, number 14, uh, again, another one. It's huh? the Penn Alderman. I'll cover 15. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, is there a number 15? I only got up to 14 yeah i'll cover it oh okay uh number 14 is the russia gate lies um this 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 covers a lot it it um it's it's ongoing it's um everything bad about russia everything that that can be done to make russia look bad and look like the enemy all 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 comes up to this and uh, it's something that i think we can say is is ongoing because um, 
any any information well not so much anymore under uh elon musk but certainly if dorsey was still in charge we'd still have this going on where we would be having suppression of uh wartime information of what's going on over in ukraine and russia what's what's really going on um there's a lot that we're missing and there's a lot uh, that you're missing in, in, in yeah in their twitter file uh, right. I, I, I'm gonna let you. I, I'm I'm gonna let you carry this one, and then I'll I'll jump in, and it'll probably jog some memories. Yeah, it was. Uh, so Devin Nunes did a, a paper, a, a memo covering the uh, Russian collusion investigation, which was trending on Twitter. And so there was a lot of people. What what they were trying to suppress was, I, I can't remember the hashtag. It was something like uh, release the report. They wouldn't let Nunes release this report or make us report public and so re- I think it was release the report was, was the trending on Twitter and people like Schiff and Feinstein, Senator Feinstein and Senator Blumenthal were freaking out because they didn't want this report coming out they wanted to maintain this utter bullshit lie that the, the Russian bots were uh, behind this this effort to release this report by news. There are several media outlets, Associated Press, Political, NBC News, Rolling Stone, that also peddled that claim that these were Russian bots with no evidence. So this was something that actually got into the mainstream deceitful media that we uh, addressed last week. And it, something you shouldn't be listening to if you really want to get informed. At any rate, Twitter files 15 covered BioNTech, that's uh, Pfizer's uh, partners who came up with their mRNA vaccine, lobbied to censor activists. There's the ones that, <clears throat> this is where they were calling out for uh, generic vaccines in, in developing countries. And uh, of course, BioNTech got out there and wanted to put that, nix that whole conversation so that the, you know the government wasn't pressured to um, provide or to allow for uh, you know patent uh, wouldn't be violations but to suspend the patents so that this uh, vaccine can be made more available as as a generic uh, vaccine in order to treat people who couldn't afford what uh, BioNTech and Pfizer were charging for it then it's unclear according to uh, Fang the Lee Fang who was the author of this set of files that it was ever never unclear it was unclear whether twitter ever met uh big tech big pharma's uh demands fang wrote in the 13th part notably the massive push to censor and label covid misinformation never applied to the drug companies themselves when big pharma wildly exaggerated the risk of creating low-cost generic covid vaccines Stronger, the organization that was put together to uh, help create this censorship, did nothing. The rules applied only to the critics of the industry. So I have some summary remarks. If you want to address any sort of insight you might have on, you know, Big Pharma's uh, censorship, it's, it's really pretty much what we've already covered, corporate abuse of power. Yeah, yeah, that that goes back to suppression uh, suppression of vaccine discussion and, uh, in number thirteen, and um, also the the Biden administration's control of the COVID narrative in in number ten. It's just more of the same, and it's it's the underpinnings. It, it, it's the reasons why. It's the motivations. Big pharma is also big in a big in election donations and donating to news outlets. So you, you see Viagra commercials on them all the time or, or, or some sort of commercial for some sort of medication. So um, there's definitely a lot of, uh, of big money in, in pharmacy. And, and, and that's the, it, it, that, that, that stuff we already covered pretty well, I think. Yeah. So the big question then, to wrap this up, is whether Musk is, is actually going to fix this. It, it, it's almost, I don't know how, he, he has to, it's not easy to change corporate culture. It's hard right. to do overnight, and, and it's going to take 
more than just a couple of months in order to uh, flush this corruption out. It, I hope Twitter becomes the, the free speech platform that we always thought it was initially. And, and, and to get the government to hell and, and large corporations to hell out of the influence business of public uh, discourse and, and conversations. I go back to the, uh, the, the, the quote by John Stuart Mill, the antidote to bad speech is more speech, not censorship. And right. It's scary that there's so many so-called liberals now who are all in on the censorship regime because, oh, the big bad Trump has to be stopped. I don't, I don't think Trump, he has a different style, but I don't think Trump is any more reactionary than, than Ronald Reagan was. And, and they never attempted to censor Reagan. He had a better style. He had a more uh, uh, widely approved style, style of speaking and manner of behavior. He wasn't as obviously narcissistic. And I don't say that because I'm a psychiatrist who properly diagnosed Trump. But in so many ways, it's, it's so obvious. It's, it's, it's the stuff of stand-up comedy. I mean, he, he's so <laughs> Um, it, it really, it, it's worth. It, it's funny. He's just so massively self-loving. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, it's just going to be a matter of time. And 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 I I do think Alex Jones should be uh, replatformed, maybe with some sort of regulation. And then that's another whole conversation. Really, is should this be uh, regulated? For example, it, it is against the law to yell fire in a crowded theater when there isn't one so maybe they should come up with like you 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 uh tell movies have ratings so maybe they should figure out a rating system for uh tweets and posts like you know this is has an a for reliability this scores f in the reliability something like that some sort of rating thing let let the speech go right let it be free speech but give it give it a, a rating and and it can't be government who does that work. Right. So right. No, no recommendations by the FBI. It can't be elements of the national security state or the uh, uh, world hegemony state, world hegemonic state. It's, it can't be part of that structure because their idea of truth is uh, pretty far fetched. You also don't want. Uh, you also don't want individuals that uh, have just you know, crazy ideas about, you know, you know, for example, someone, someone like J.K. Rowling, who's gotten, you know, into some hot water because she uh, realizes that there's a difference between a, a trans person, a trans woman and a, and a biological woman and a trans man and a biological man. Uh, you don't want the people going after her to be the ones, um, you know, that are the, that are doing the ratings either. Because they're going to come yep. up with some craziness as well. So but the idea right. is the difficulties. I mean, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I thought, well, who the hell is going to do that? Right. I know who it shouldn't be. We all know who it shouldn't be, but that's going to leave a very narrow uh, list of people. Independent journalists, they kind of have their plates full. Well, it's also something where you don't want to rate people's opinions. You want to rate um... veracity. Y yeah, it's it's only certain types of things that need to be rated, and, and that would be uh, if a post is, let's say, by a news outlet, then then that should be something that could be rated. Um, again, who does the rating? I, I I almost think that that's that's too difficult to manage. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's a good idea in theory only. To actually put it into practice would be difficult because then you're getting into the same thing where you're suppressing speech by giving it a ranking, an up ranking, and a down ranking based on that. Or you might not be doing even something more difficult. Much. Sorry, even more difficult is figuring out what the hell the actual truth is, right? Because mm -hmm. there are multiple truths, depending right. on what perspective somebody's coming at a, a claim. Well, I'm starting to get in the habit of looking at allsides.com, so I'm a big fan of that 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 site, and I'm becoming a bigger fan as far as being really good to give the general news story, stories and then allowing you to focus in on which outlet you want to go to. Um, 
Usually, if I see CNN, I won't click on that article. But uh, other than that, I'll, I'll I'll give them a check. But but that's again that's that that's a new exploration for me. I I, I think one thing we're starting to talk about, and, and maybe I'll mention it, and and that's uh, we're we're really getting into the problems of woke culture, and that that's something that certainly deserves a, a lot of attention um, because An I think woke. Well, yeah, it, it does deserve an episode, and and uh, here's a here's a part where I'd be quiet and, and let somebody else step in. Well, we're pulling into port here, folks. We've come to the end of our journey this week on Pod Dam. We're so very grateful that you took this voyage with us, and join us next time as we discuss woke ideology, its origins as a term for raising awareness to issues in our society, to its current iteration as the bastard child of political correctness and its evolution into a new age secular religion. In the meantime, send us your thoughts at poddamnfeedback at gmail.com. And if you want to contribute to us financially, we have several resources for that, all of which, as well as our social media, can be found on our website, poddam.com. For Victor Tiffany and Michael Johnson, I've been Papa Beaver. Thank you for cruising with us. This has been Pod Dam, a production of Barnaby Smythe Incorporated, copyright 2023, all rights reserved.